Hello and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I am Marcy Amaro and I am so incredibly excited to have with us today Catherine Jensen. Catherine and I met about a year and a half ago, I believe it was. Um, she was part of one of my summits and I immediately fell in love with her energy, with her passion, with the things that she's up to in the world. And I took the opportunity when we reconnected to invite her to the podcast and I am so thrilled that she accepted. Catherine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Oh, me too. I know it's going to be a great one. There is an obvious lack of leadership in the world. Nations without effective governments, businesses unable to adapt to crisis and change, schools where adults are afraid of children, and families that have lost their standing as the foundation of society. Is there any hope? What can anyone do to change this grim outlook? This is Sincerely Speaking, and here we will explore how self-leadership and the pillars of clarity, communication, connection, and competence can ignite the fire of change one spark at a time. I am Marcy Amaro, and I welcome you to this open conversation here in Sincerely Speaking. So get us started by talking a little bit about your journey. How did you end up where you are today, and what is your focus in business? Oh my goodness, my journey. So let me go back. Um, It started near the end of 2017, I would say, when I was in my career trying to figure out what was next um, on my journey. Um, I thought I was going to either continue with my education, like get a PhD or, you know, go back and get some more certifications. And after spending six months trying to decide what I wanted to do, I realized that I didn't really want to do any of those things. And I felt like I was at like an impasse in my career and trying to figure out what was next and what I really wanted to do. And full circle moment was I decided that I didn't want to continue to try to climb this corporate ladder and try to advance myself by getting more education and qualifications for my career that I wanted to do something else more meaningful and more purposeful. So at the time I was like, well, what does that mean for me? You know, you go through the whole process of, well, what does that mean? What do I like to do? Um, What do I want to do? And that led me to coaching. And when I found coaching, it was so interesting because I had always been like the type of person that's always being like, you know, that voice of reason or being the positive person or helping others out. So when I found out what coaching was and I really learned what it meant, I was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's exactly what I want to do because I really felt like I wanted to help others and be of service to others and assist others on their journeys and things like that. So I simply enrolled in the coach training program um, to give myself some type of foundation for what coaching is and learn about different methodologies and processes for how to support people through coaching. Mm -hmm. And that turned into like, you know, I I didn't start it with the intention of me, like starting a business or, you know, becoming a coach, entrepreneur, all this stuff. It just really was me wanting to do something to be of service and to help others. And so that led me down the path of, you know, becoming a certified coach, um, starting my own business, becoming an entrepreneur, um, embarking on this whole personal growth journey, because, yeah, it was a coach training program. At the same time, it was really a deep dive into myself and really uncovering so much about myself, who I was, what my values were, what was important to me, what my life meant up until that point. And so it really opened up, up a lot for me during that during that process. And and as I'm going through that process, I'm like, yeah, you know, it would be so cool if I learned this stuff like when I was in my in my 30s. Right. <laughs> it'd be so cool if I like had this awareness and I had these tools and I knew myself at this deeper level and I was more confident and all those things. It would have been so cool if I had learned those things sooner. So it really sparked in me a desire to help other professional women um, in their careers and help them with, you know, 
getting a promotion or, you know, really more so being their authentic self in the workplace, because that's something that I struggle with a lot, you know, as an engineer, a woman, a black woman working in spaces with mostly males, um, I really struggle with my identity and also add to the fact that I was in the military. So, you know, I really struggled with how I was being in the workplace. And what I realized was that, you know, when it came another full circle moment was it wasn't so much my career or what I was doing that I was dissatisfied with. It was more so the fact that I was in this role and in this place where I felt like I couldn't be myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't share my voice. I couldn't share my opinions. Um, I feel like I wasn't seen, I wasn't heard. And so the dis- dissatisfaction with my career and where I was, was more so dissatisfaction with the woman that I was choosing to be in the workplace. And when I discovered that, that was like a big, aha. So it's, it, you know, it's, yes, it's more so wanting to be of service and to help others, but also it's just the dissatisfaction came from not being able to be myself. I felt like I was really always wearing this mask and, you know, being how I felt like I needed to be in order to be successful in my role. Um, so that was the full circle moment and it led me down the path to where I am today. I mean, it's been a journey. It's been five years uh, this year, you know, since I started and there's been lots of up and downs, lots of, you know, trial and error, lots of pivoting and starting over and starting this and trying this and doing that. But <laughs> that's really where it all started. You know, it started from a desire to really serve others and help others and want to give back. You know, I have a deep, deep passion for mentoring young girls and supporting young girls in their journeys with their self-confidence and, you know, building their self-confidence and so that they become really you know, self-aware and know who they are when they step out into the world and they have the life skills and they have the tools that they're going to prepare them to help them have successful careers, you know, go to college and, you know, just become women who are really boss, boss women of their lives. Amen, sister. <laughs> As you can tell, she's not passionate at all about what she does or why she does it. Um, it's so cool to hear you talk this way because um, what stood out to me as you were talking, and you never really mentioned the word, I don't think maybe once, but mm-hmm. it's just this path to discovering your own identity, right? And I think mm-hmm. that a big part of what we struggle with as a nation and as a world really is the fact that in trying to give everybody Um, an opportunity maybe, what we have really done is squelch the possibility of being individuals within those opportunities, right? Like you were saying before, you were in a male-dominated world in an industry that tends to favor men and um, coming from a military background. But even outside of that, there's so much of everybody has to be good at these certain things. Everybody has to excel in these areas. Everybody has to, is supposed to follow this path, right? So I love that you identified that adding more certifications or adding more education was not really the root cause, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was, you know, I was like, okay, because after I finished grad school, you know, it's so funny because I finished grad school and like, you know, everyone was, came down and were so excited for me and supported me and everything. And I wasn't really like, I didn't feel like this immense sense of of happiness. Like, you know, I didn't feel anything really, to be honest. I didn't feel smarter. You know, I felt like I had studied and wrote papers for many years, but I didn't feel any smarter. And it was so funny because after I got, I was like, okay, check mark done. What's next? You know, that that was the mentality that I had. Like, it didn't give me this deeper sense of, oh, satisfaction. I was proud of myself, of course, you know, happy for sticking with it and having a discipline and commitment, but it wasn't something that was like, oh my gosh, now I'm just the <laughs> happiest person ever. That, that never came. <laughs> And that's interesting because a lot of people, and I talk about this a lot too, a lot of people are waiting for that magical something, right? So whenever this magical something happens, then I will be able to, or then I will have, and it never comes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing that I would love for us to focus on for a little bit is this idea that you mentioned of pivoting. 
right? Mm -hmm. So many people are afraid to start something unless they know they can stay in a straight course, right? What would you say to that? That's been a significant challenge for me. You know, I'm very analytical, very logical. Things have to make sense. I thrive on certainty. It's so crazy. We live in an uncertain world, but I want to know how it's all going to work out. I want to see the end before I even get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really a real challenge for me, like making the decision to actually pivot and trust myself and to know that if I'm feeling something, I'm feeling I need to go in that direction, then giving myself permission to try. And I think the thing that holds a lot of us back is that we don't want to fail. We don't want to make a mistake and we don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's where our mentality is around it. Like, well, what if I the worst case scenario happens? Right. What if I. And that's where the mind goes. Um, but for me, it's been really like focusing on like, you know, I call it the LOL, the lessons, opportunities and learnings. And, you know, you can laugh about it, but it's really what everything is like focusing on that and giving myself permission to try and to experiment and to just give it a whirl and see what happens. Because I think the beauty is found when we, you know, learn those life lessons or we see the opportunities and what could possibly be. Yeah. So for me, like making a, a choice to pivot has been really following a deeper knowing inside of me. Like, okay, when I left my job, I was like, hmm, it's time, you know, it's time to move on and give myself um, the opportunity to see what this could mean for my life and my bigger vision. Yeah. You know, when I, when I decided to go to, to the military, it was a quick decision. You know, I didn't give my mind time to talk me out of it. Of course I had fears and all types of concerns, but the quick decision was simply that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to leave home. I wanted money for college. I wanted to travel the world and I wanted a job in, in the rate that I had been so passionate about as a child. Mm -hmm. And so from those things, it was a quick decision. Like, okay, this is going to give you the opportunity go, yeah. you know, and all the greatest moments of my life have been when I have made those swift decisions and really not giving myself time to really rationalize or talk myself out of it based on what I feel inside. Like, I feel like this is the best decision for me at this time in the moment and go. Now, not all of them have turned out wonderful. <laughs> I've learned great things from it along the way, but I think that's what I would tell people. Like, give yourself permission just to see, yeah. to see what could happen, what could be on the other side. Trust your inner guidance and knowing and lean on that. And I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, that sounds so, so simple. It's not simple, but it's a process of learning to like trust that. You know, yeah. trust what you're feeling and give yourself permission to pivot and to make a change. Yeah, it has been my experience that for a lot of people, particularly, like you said, those who tend to be more analytical, right? The decision making process can be so almost traumatic, right? It can be so daunting and so fear inducing. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you get yourself to that space where you say you just go, just make the decision and go? Because I think that's mm. so hard for so many of us. <laughs> it is hard. And this is, like I said, it's still challenging for me. How do I get myself to really make that decision and go? See, I know myself, I know my mind, right? I know that my mind will spin and overanalyze and I can kind of feel it. I can feel myself going down that rabbit hole. Like, you know, I, I'm deciding on something. I say, oh, I'm, I'm trying to make up my mind. I'm deciding what I want to do. I give myself a deadline. I say, okay, you could think about it, but you need to really figure it out by like the end of the day, you know, and then I'll let it go. And then by the end of the day, it's just yes or no, <laughs> you know, like it's just yes or no, I'm going to go. Or if it requires some research I'll do a little research but it's like okay now yes or no what are you going to do sit with it and and see what feels good but yeah it's it's really challenging I think that for most people um what I found to be helpful like in the moment is to really sometimes I just have to let it go because in me letting it go I'm letting my I'm giving my mind a chance to let it go as well and when I let my mind let it go then I'm not giving my mind the opportunity to really overanalyze it to think about it, to process it to you know do all the what if, what if scenarios I let it go I take my attention and focus on something else. And then when I decide it's time for me to make a decision decision and come back to it, it's like, okay, that's it. 
Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And I just move with that um, because I, I can stay in that overanalyzing phase for days, months, weeks. And in that place, it doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel good because I feel like I'm not making progress. I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. And so when I find myself feeling that way, and usually sometimes like, you know, sometimes I can't really pinpoint why I'm feeling that way, but I know that, oh, it's because I haven't made the de decision about this thing in my life, or I haven't decided on what I want to do about this. And it's in the back of my mind. And because I haven't decided, like all of a sudden my energy is low or I'm feeling sad about something. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Mm. That's why I'm feeling that way, because there was that situation or that instance that happened and I haven't done anything with it. I just kind of pushed it away and I have I haven't even come back to it to give myself permission to decide what I'm going to do about that. And that causes a string of emotions as a result. Oh, yeah. They call that open loops. Right. And your brain just keeps in the subconscious and the unconscious keeps working on it and it just drains you. It's mm -hmm. like the open tabs in the computer that we were talking about before. we started. <laughs> yeah, Sure. Um, but um, I love that because I think that for a lot of people, this idea of having deadlines is something that they don't necessarily attach to decision making. But as you mentioned, it's really important when you give yourself a deadline. No, by this time, I'm going to have a decision. Then you cut away all the possibilities after that and you commit to whatever decision you make. Right. Mm -hmm. um, now, for me in particular, one of my biggest struggles is once I make the decision and I start moving anytime anything doesn't go exactly as I thought it would, I start second guessing my decision, mm -hmm. right? Now, <laughs> I've obviously <laughs> developed the process, but I would love to hear, um, what do you do in those moments when you're in the middle, you made the decision, you're right knee deep in doing whatever it is that you decided to do. And then you're like, uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends on what it is. Like, give me a, give me an example, like, um, of something recently, um that you feel like you could share and then I'll tell you like what I if I can relate what I would have done or what I would do um partnering with someone for example okay partner with someone okay so that's a big one for me like I mean if I make the decision to partner with someone you can trust and believe <laughs> that I've done a lot of research I've done a lot of homework um and like you said sometimes you just don't know you get in the situation and okay I you know I'm thinking of one as I as you're as I'm thinking about something just came to mind um a particular client you know okay. like you having a, cl a client that you're really excited to work with and you feel really good you you, you could get behind their vision and what they want to do and you feel like you can help them and support them right yeah. and so you start the process of working together and then it's like wait a second this person is this the right is this person the right fit for the type of person that I want to work with and the type of person that I see that I can help? And they start to show you things and you start to question, well, maybe, maybe this isn't really a good fit. Maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not the perfect coach for them. And maybe I'm not, I you know, I'm not the perfect partner for them. Like, and in that moment, I, I ask myself, what is the lesson in this for me? What can I learn? Or what am I supposed to take away? And that's what helps me to not question myself and, and think, oh, I made a bad decision or I made a mistake or I should have done more research or I should have done this or done that. I ask myself, okay, what could there be in this situation for me to see? Mm. And that is the question that usually changes my thinking about it and changes my perspective about it. Because sometimes I feel like when we, when we um, attract certain clients, um, sometimes they pre present a mirror to us. Like, you know, we're the student and the teacher. They can help us and we can help them. Yeah. So when I ask myself that question, it gets me into, okay, let me be a student for a moment. Like, what are they revealing about me? And what are they showing me that could support me in this relationship with them? And sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know, I would have preferred someone that was a little bit more punctual, you know, to our meetings. And they tend to be always late. 
And I interpret that as, oh, well, they're not taking this seriously or they're not really, you know, committed to this process. But for them, it could be like, you know, well, it could just be like they they're still juggling so much, so many things and still really learning how to balance thing, balance everything. It's nothing personal. It's just that they're still in their learning process as well. So that's you know something that just came top of mind. That's awesome. No, that's amazing. See, because uh, what I find, and tell me if you agree and find the same thing, is that more often than not, when we fall into those spaces of second guessing ourselves, there's something deeper underneath that emotion of second guessing yourself, right? Like it's never, or usually mm-hmm. not, that surface thing, that first thing that we see. There's something else mm-hmm. that we are battling and trying to work through. And this is just the surface level of what we can see, right? It always is. It <laughs> always is something else or something deeper. But we have to be curious enough that we want to see what it is and, and actually explore it. I think Valerie Burton says it's like always fears, habits, or distractions. Those are the top three things that really are underneath what may be presenting itself, like you said, at the surface. Mm-hmm. I like to call it like it's a front door thing, but then it's the back door thing. Like people come in through the front door, but everyone has like a back door thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It's, it's more than likely it's always something a little deeper. Um, and for me, like in that situation, as I think about that client, you know, I think I immediately jumped to, oh my gosh, you know, she's not taking this serious or she's not as committed as I would like her to be. And if I reflect that back to me, it's like, okay, well, you know, I would do a differently. You know, I would be on time. I would be punctual. I would take it seriously and I would insert myself. And then in doing that, I'm thinking about myself and I'm, my ego is getting in the way yeah. versus me being in an open space. Of, okay. Let me think about her. Let me think about what the other possibilities could be and yeah. what this could be revealing about me. Maybe I need to be a little bit more patient. Maybe I need to be a little bit more understanding. Like those are the types of questioning and things that I would do with myself in that situation. Two things I love about what you mentioned. First of all, you mentioned being curious and curiosity is one of my core values, right? It's like, mm-hmm. if you can't be curious about what's in front of you, you're going to miss so much in mm-hmm. life, in the world and in, in yourself and in everything. So getting curious, I think it's key. And curious is not about, um, like a lot of people hear the word curious and they take it almost like um, taking things lightly or just brushing over things. It's the contrary, actually. When you get curious, you want to go really deep. You want to really understand it. You're like that two-year-old that keeps asking, but why? But why? But why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I just love that image and I love that idea behind it. Um, but also the the notion of asking yourself how you're projecting onto the situation, right? Because more often than not, and you mentioned this from the beginning, coaching is a process of self-discovery, regardless of whether you're working with yourself or with someone else. So in that process, it's asking, how am I projecting myself onto the situation? What am I about to discover about myself or what am I ignoring about myself? And those things are really, really key. For sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about following your passion and following your intuition, which you mentioned at the beginning as well. I happen to know um, that part of your process was figuring out how to marry or how to put together things that you were passionate about. And I would love for you to talk about what that process was like for you and maybe how somebody else could go about trying to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just had this major aha revelation, like just last year, Um, (laughs) just last year. Um, I think that you know, when you start out in business, like, you know, you learn a lot of business strategies, you learn from other coaches, you have mentors and you take it all in <laughs> and you go with it, right? You go, you go with it full speed ahead. And I think that, you know, for me, like a, a big part of the process was me, like really wanting to do business right. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I took in so much information um, from books, coaches, mentors, and things like that. And I had this attitude of, you know, I want to, I want to do things right. Mm-hmm. And in having that attitude, I feel like very often I overrode, you know, things that really didn't feel like they were in alignment with me. Yeah. And when I say me, not me, I mean my talents, my abilities, my strengths, my personality, and all of those things, right? Because it's like, okay, no, you've been taught or you've been told that this is the right way you do business. You know, you focus on this one thing. Don't worry about other revenue streams. Just focus on this one thing. Don't worry about that other talent that you have, you know, focus on this one thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so like that whole attitude of, okay, I got to do business right. No, that's not what I was taught. That's not what I was told. That I feel like that really helped me back um, in my business a little bit. But at the same time, I feel like it's, it was an opportunity. Yeah. Looking back, I know it was an opportunity, but I say all that to say that, you know, I left tech with with the ideal that, OK, I'm done with tech. You know, I'm tired of tech and, you know, I'm, I'm completely done with that chapter of my life. And I I jumped all into coaching, like all in. So, you know, taking the classes, the going to school, all in learning, learning, learning. And then I added the business part of it. Right. So now I have the coaching and I have the business and I'm like trying to make them both work, trying to see how it all fit, trying to find my niche, trying to find who I want to work with. And over the years, it's been changing. Of course, you know, I've changed my niche, changed my target audience, you know, change what I think I want to do. All of this, all of it has been learning. Um, But I say all that to say that, you know, um, full circle moment last year, you know, I was I was working with a um, consulting client and um, we were working on an issue and one of the guys reached out to me and and uh, it was late at night and I really wasn't supposed to be like looking at any emails or requests or anything like that. But when he sent it to me, I was like, I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I logged into my system and I started researching. My brain loves research. My brain loves analyzing figuring things out, finding solutions, finding the answers, right? And I really have a deep technical knowledge. So like when I'm putting all these, this stuff that I know about tech and and I'm digging and research, I'm like, okay, no, this is it. Oh no, that's it. Oh, this is the problem. Let me tell you, like I was, I felt such an immense sense of joy in that moment. I was like, man, this feels good. I miss this. I miss this part of tech. You know, I miss this part of this, this part of my brain being able to do this type of work. Yeah. And what I what I found out was that I had been pushing something away that had always been a part of me, something that I always enjoyed since I can remember, you know, and I've always done because I felt like, you know, I'm I'm onto the next thing, you know, I'm I'm done with that. But in doing that, I was really not honoring a lot of my skills and a lot of my experiences, a lot of my, of my expertise and something that I thoroughly enjoyed. So that was a big aha moment last year. It's like, hey, no, this gets to be a part of my business too. Like this gets to be a part of it. I can merge, you know, tech. I can merge tech with coaching. I can do them both. I, it doesn't have to be an either or. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes we feel like we have to choose. We have to choose the thing. And, and that can be the only thing. And I heard something so powerful and so magical from Justin Michael Williams, um, the end of last year, which kind of cemented this thing for me. He was talking about, you know, passion and purpose and your calling and all of those things. And he was just talking about how like it's this big misconception that if you have this purpose or you have this passion, then that needs to be the thing that you have to go all in. And that's the only thing that you're supposed to do. But he was like, well, how much sense does that make if you actually have a job that you actually thoroughly enjoy and it feeds you, it doesn't drain you, you it, you're challenged by it and you you like waking up every day and, and going to the office and being 
in the role that you're in? What if, what if that's your story, but you also have this passion and this purpose for gardening <laughs> and you do it outside of work and it fulfills you, you know, you, you plant stuff, you grow stuff and it, it just feeds you in a whole nother way. Do you leave this part of your self or, or life that you enjoy because it's not the thing, it's not the purpose, passionful thing, but it's something that also feeds you in a different way to go for this gardening, quit everything and become a full-time gardener and throw everything in that. Do you do that? Do you have to make that choice? Yeah. You know, you don't have to make that choice, right? It doesn't have to be an either or. Absolutely. And that just kind of freed my spirit because I'm like, well, you know what? I've been trying to make it an either or. Like it's going to be tech, it's going to be coaching, you know, either or. But it can be whatever I want it to be. It can be what, and it could look different for me than it looks for other people. And I think that's something that coaches don't often tell your mentors are often afraid to say that yeah. your business can look different than anyone else's. And I think the other part of it is that most times when you come across people who are successful in business, I think we forget the fact that they've been doing it for a while and that they've actually tried and experimented as well. They've yeah. changed, they've pivoted, they've dropped things and started new things and went back to old things. Like that's yeah. part of the process. And I think that, you know, we don't hear that enough that <laughs> that's okay. And everyone has that sweat equity they need to put in and to learn and to figure things out. And, and that's okay. That's part of the process. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. And I love your story, particularly because you got to that point where you realized it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both and, right? And mm -hmm. one of the things that I work closely with people on is understanding that we are a whole person that is composed of so many different things that when you look at them from the outside, if you took every piece of what you are and who you are and you placed it as a separate entity, you would never think that those things merge together well. And yet you are emerging of all those things right and in that same way everything that you do in my opinion is meant to draw from all those pieces that you are not segmented and ignore them but in, in reality just bring them in and that's just beautiful and I see that in you so clearly and it's so awesome to see <laughs> sure. Thank you. <laughs> so one thing that I would love for us to touch on before we wrap up, because we're getting close to the end of our time together, it flies when you have amazing people. Mm -hmm. like you, but um, you mentioned earlier things that you wish you would have known, right? So if you could go back and have a chat with that young lady that was making the swift decision to join the military, what mm -hmm. is one or two things? I mean, I know it's hard to narrow it down to one or two, but one or two things that you wish she had been taught before she made that decision. I wish she had been taught to honor herself, mm -hmm. you know, that she can still conform to a structure or a system without losing herself in that process. Yeah. Um, I wish she would she would have been taught boundaries, <laughs> um, boundaries, you know, saying no, you know, yes. that's always an option. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in the military and it's coming from superiors or, you know, someone that you feel threatened by or, you know, you, you feel like has your career in their hands. Like, no, is, is still a valid answer. Absolutely. And I would tell her to honor her voice and honor her voice and honor what she's feeling and let that guide her and move her. Um, because I feel like in the military, oftentimes, like, you know, I was a hard worker, working hard. I wanted to make rank. I wanted to do all of the things that I had to do in order to be successful. But in doing that, I feel like because I had no boundaries and people knew the type of worker that I was, like, it would be days where, like, I'm the only one working. Everyone else has gone home and I'm just knocking out deployments by myself. And, you know, I look back, I'm like, wow, you know, like, 
I would have told her, hey, go home. You know, yeah. everyone else is going home and you have to have some boundaries. You have to have some balance. And this is not the only way that you can be successful. Um, I would have told her some of those things for sure um, so to, to help her support her <laughs> during that time. <laughs> you know, it's hard being in a, such a structured system. And, you know, I've worked with men my entire life, like most times the only woman mm -hmm. and most times the only black woman. Um, for most of my career. And that can be hard. And I feel yeah. like oftentimes you feel like it's easier if you just close the parts of you that are you, the feminine parts of yourself, you know, the parts that, you know, may get some extra attention or may cause some strife, close those parts away, hide them and lock them away and conform with everyone else around you. But in doing that, you lose the beauty of who you are and what you actually bring to the space um, in the roles that you that you fulfill. Absolutely. That's so beautifully put. I love that. Well done, <laughs> Gavin. So as we wrap up our time together, I would love for folks listening who resonate with your message, who want to learn more about you, to be able to find you. So how can they connect with you? Do you have anything special coming up that you might want to invite them to or anything, anything that you want to say to us right now that might connect people with you? <laughs> Very easy. I'm on KatherineNJohnson.com and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram at, and Facebook at Katherine N. Johnson. So I'm very easy to find as long as you put that in in there because there's lots of Katherine Johnsons. <laughs> and, well, uh, and if you go to my website, I actually have a free guide um, for small business owners, entrepreneurs who are looking to uplevel their tech and take their tech to the next level. It's a free guide. It's an assessment that allows you to do your own free analysis of the, the tech in your business, what it looks like so that you can find areas for improvement and areas that you may not have considered to actually take your tech to the next level. So if you go to my website, you can actually get that guide for free and then download the guide. You'll actually be added to my email list where you'll get notified about my tech talks and workshops and all the events that I'm doing. That is awesome. And the website is katherineandjohnson.com as well, right? Yes. Awesome. So that link will be in the show notes as well, but go ahead and check it out. Most of my audience is very creative and people that are more on the creative side tend to struggle with the tech. So Catherine is your person. <laughs> Make sure to go and check that out. So Catherine, as I knew it would be, this had been has been such an informative and awesome conversation. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today and best of luck to you in all your endeavors. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.